y'all and welcome to this week's episode i'm really having fun doing this so as long as y'all keep listening i'll keep doing this i finally got one of my offspring talked into joining me today so my son alex is with us today hello i have arrived (laughs) all right so before we go you know deep into today's episode i want to give a little update to the news story i mentioned a couple of episodes ago if you didn't hear it, to make a longish story straight, short, not straight, but short, at the beginning of this month, a group of friends were out riding ATVs when they stopped at a house that they had heard that was haunted. They wanted to explore it. Well, while they were in there, they found a body in a freezer on the back porch. Then, two days later, the house burned down. And now, about a week ago... Um, The sheriff's department released a picture of a tattoo found on the victim's right shoulder. I'll post a link to the news story with a picture of the tattoo on the Facebook page if you'd like to go take a look. Now, this tattoo appears to be a portrait, so it wouldn't be a tattoo that just anybody would have. They also say that the victim is male, and he was wearing size 34 pack sun blue denim stacked skinny jeans, a short sleeve t-shirt, and a brown belt. Now, if you have any tips or can identify this victim, you're urged to call the Orangeburg County Sheriff's Office at 803-534-3550 or Crime Stoppers at 1-888-CRIME-SC. And I hope, you know, I'll have a another update for this scene. The whole thing sounds kind of strange, though, to be honest. It really does. I mean, because... I mean, two days after they find the body, the house burns down. But hopefully they get it all figured out. So, today we're going to be talking about urban legends right here in our home state of South Carolina. There's a few that I'm familiar with, but then I came across a couple that I'd never heard of um, until I started doing the research for this episode. Now, have any of y'all ever heard of Boo Hags? That was one that was new to me. So, today we're talking about Boo Hags. The Lizard Man, and a few others that I found very interesting. So, we're going to start things off with the Lizard Man. And I'm starting with him because at the time that he was the talk of the state, I was obsessed with him. Now, that was around 1988, I believe, and I was a junior in high school. That's when the first sighting of the Lizard Man was reported. A 17-year-old boy. Now, that's your age, Alex. Um, he says he stopped to change a tire, and without warning, the lizard man came charging right out of the swamp and attacked the car. The boy jumped back into his car to get to safety, but the lizard man ripped off a mirror, and he gouged the roof of the car. Now, this took place down in Bishopville, which is in the, like the, going toward the coastal area, um, of our state and it was near the scape or swamp now if alex if that had been you what would you have done i mean he was your age to be honest with you i would scream like a little girl and run home me too well maybe not run but walk very briskly (laughs) (laughs) this girl don't run (laughs) two weeks after that attack police were called to the scene of another car that had been attacked not too far from the swamp The fenders had been ripped off and the antenna was bent. 
There was also deep scratches on the body. And get this. It looked like the chrome had been chewed right off of the car. All through the summer, there were more and more reports of cars being vandalized. And people reported seeing a large green scaly humanoid type being lurking around in the woods and the swamp. The sheriff even made plaster cast of the three-toed footprints. Um... But they never did anything with it. They didn't call in the FBI to investigate it any further. So, when the weather started cooling off here in South Carolina, nobody, there was no more incidents reported that year. Maybe he went into brumation like all little good lizards do. But now, in 2015, a woman said that when she was coming out of church, she snapped a picture of the lizard man with her cell phone. There's also a video that was taken of him in the swamp. Now, I'm not saying anybody faked anything because I do believe there's something out there for people to have seen, or so many people to have seen something. But this particular picture, it looks like somebody in a costume. Now, Alice, yesterday I showed you that costume. What did you think about it? I don't think that's a real photo of the lizard man. That man was in a rubber suit. He was like a mascot for a restaurant or something. So yeah. That's not him. <laughs> that's not real. Yeah, it kind of looked like um a really... I mean, it was a high-scale uh, costume, but I, there was not, it was not the Lizard Man. It was a Lizard Man, but not the Lizard Man. Yeah. <laughs> so now, Lizard Man is described as being seven feet tall. He's got red eyes. He's got skin like a lizard, snake-like scales, and three pointy fingers on each paw. He's more attracted to vehicles than he is to humans, so that's good to know. Now, remember in 2017, that summer, we had the big solar eclipse that people was just going crazy for? Well, during that, they were hoping that the Lizard Man would make another appearance, but he was a no-show. Now, Lizard Man has even been mentioned on national TV by Stephen Colbert, and he happens to be an SC native, and he's the host of The Late Show. You can follow Lizard Man. He's even got, like, a Twitter account, so you can follow him. His, uh... His Twitter is at LizardManSC, but I noticed the other day that the last post that was on his account was in August of last year. Now, personally, I've never seen the Lizard Man, but when my dad was coming through that area during the time of that first sighting, it was all the craze, you know. Uh, There was t-shirts that you could buy. So, he bought me one, and I think that t-shirt said something like, I ain't afraid of no Lizard Man. Now... I guess maybe they were kind of spinning that off of that I Ain't Afraid of No Ghost from Ghostbusters because that was all around the same time. Um, now, these days, he does have a, a, a festival in his honor. And last year, because of COVID-19, they had the festival only online. Now, Alex, maybe this year we should skip going to the Party in the Pines and just go to the Lizard Man Festival. What do you think? We're going to see a man in a rubber costume again. Let's go do that. I want to go see the lizard man in a rubber costume. (laughs) Exactly. Alright, so that's really all I got about him. But let's move on to the Boo Hags. And this is the one I had never heard of. So, Boo Hags, they're they're like described as skinless beings that are bright red in color with bulging veins. And they creep into people's homes in the low country through the smallest of cracks. They climb onto their chest while the people are sleeping and they gain their strength. 
through sucking out their breath and energy and have also been known to tear the skin off of their victims and wear it to keep warm. That's just creepy. Um, I, I feel like if it were me, if somebody was ripping my skin off, I probably would wake up in the middle of it, but okay. Um, now the origin of the boo hag is traced back to the Gullah folklore. And according to the Gullah people, a person would become a boo hag if they died and their soul didn't go to heaven because of the bad things they'd done in the, in the past. Now, if you live in the low country of South Carolina and wake up feeling exhausted, it's probably because a boo hag made you its muse in the night and you don't even remember a thing. Now, I wake up most mornings feeling more tired than I was when I went to bed the night before, but hopefully since we live in the upstate, I'm not being visited by a boo hag. Now, boo hags, they're repelled by the color um, indigo blue. So, according to the Gullah people, you can paint the tops of your window frames indigo blue, and boo hags won't be able to get through the window. Now, another way they say you can protect yourself from boo hags is you keep a broom with a lot of bristles close by. And this is so that they say that the boo hags, they're like fascinated with numbers and they just can't pass a broom without counting every single bristle on the broom. Now, I mentioned the Gullah people and you may be familiar with the term Gullah from that popular 1990s show, Gullah Gullah Island. But if you're not, I'll tell you a little bit about the Gullah people because they're fascinating. Now, the Gullah culture is predominantly in the Charleston, South Carolina area, but um, you can find the Gullah women and sometimes the men in the marketplace in Charleston weaving and selling their sweet grass baskets and their spices. Now, Africans who had been captured and brought to America to be slaves were imprisoned together in large numbers. Through this, they formed the Gullah culture. The people there now are descendants of the slaves brought to the Carolinas in the 1500s. The word Gullah comes from the language that they developed while working in the rice fields. Almost a half a million Gullahs live on the east coast from Florida to North Carolina with the biggest population being on the sea islands. <clears throat> the fact that they have stuck around for like 100, 500 years or over 500 years really it says a lot about their strength and their sense of community. And I admire that about them. Um, Alice, I know in elementary school, y'all went on a field trip to Charleston. Did the Gullah people, were they ever like mentioned or did y'all see them or? I've never, I haven't heard them. I haven't heard. We haven't heard about any of that when I was there. So I have Oh, so y'all didn't, that wasn't part of the field trip. It was not. Okay. Well, now... Not too far from Charleston, um, kind of between, I believe, just picturing in my mind the map, <laughs> um, between Charleston and Myrtle Beach, um, there's Edisto Island. Now, there's an urban legend that comes from Edisto, Edisto, <laughs> Edisto, <laughs> Edisto urban legend, um, but it's another South Carolina urban legend that makes my skin crawl, and that's um, the one of Julia Legree. Now, the first time I had ever heard of her story, it was on, I think it was on a show on the Travel Channel. Now, Julia was the young daughter of an affluent family on Edisto Island when she became ill. Now, some stories say she lived on Edisto, and others say that she was just visiting family there when she became sick. 
because I kind of found like conflicting information on that, but that's not all that important to the um this whole story. So anyway, she slipped into a coma, and her family kept waiting for the day that she would wake up. Now, back in those days, medical technology was not like it is today, so the doctor pronounced her dead. So, after the doctor pronounced her dead, they dressed her for a funeral so that her family could say their goodbyes. Now, you also have to understand that back in those days, they didn't use embalming fluid to preserve the body, so funerals had to take place very fast. So, she was buried in her family's mausoleum the same day that she was pronounced dead. Now, if you don't know what a mausoleum is, it's kind of like a little concrete or cement building um, about the size of, like, the storage buildings people have in their backyard, maybe a little bit bigger, and it has room for several family members to be not buried because they don't put you in the ground, but um, I don't know really the word for it, but they put your casket, I guess, in there. And that's where, you you know, your body spends eternity, okay? But anyway, after she was placed in there, they closed the door and they locked it. Now, 15 years later, when another family member died, they opened the mausoleum and they realized they had made a very big mistake because laying crumpled at the foot of the um, door was Julia's remains. Now... On the back of the door was claw marks where poor Julia had tried to scratch her way out. Now, now, you know, it's thought that her respiratory rate and her heart rates had dropped so low while she was in that coma that it was undetected. And that led the doctor to believe that she was dead. So, the shocking realization of that was that Julia had woken up from her coma. But she was unable to escape, and she had to agonizingly await her own death. Now, I can't even imagine being locked in there, hoping someone would hear me screaming or banging on the door, and then knowing you're going to die in there. And I keep thinking, too, about, I'm sure she got hungry. That I, Yeah, food. <laughs> food is my thing, okay? And I just can't even imagine having to, like probably starved to death you know and but anyway bless her heart so um anyway so she was buried for a second time along with the loved one whose death led to the discovery of julia's fate and the door was sealed shut again now when the family was still they were still in shock and grieving again for their daughter being buried not once but twice they returned to the cemetery to repay to pay their respects i can't talk today and i apologize for it but when they returned to pay their respects the door to the mausoleum was open now they thought maybe they hadn't securely closed the door day or closed the door the day that they had buried her um so they closed it again a few weeks after that, a clergyman saw that the door was open once again and ordered it to be shut. Throughout the decades, though, the door has been found opened over and over, even after using big heavy chains and an unbreakable lock. The door just was continuously being found open. Well, about 50 years ago, a door was installed on the mausoleum that could only be opened by industrial heavy machinery but guess what alice what? it was open again 
Well, yeah, I know. So, since then, they've just kind of given up on keeping the door closed. So, why does the door keep opening? Maybe Julia is just determined to not be locked in that mausoleum again. Many visitors to that cemetery have reported seeing a slow-moving shadow in the area that the mausoleum is located. A few brave folks have even walked inside of the mausoleum. Some of them have reported feeling a strange energy around them, and others have taken photos that contain images that they just can't explain. Now, I haven't visited here yet, but I do want us to take a family road trip, and we're, uh, you know, just to see it. Now, I'm not so sure about walking into the mausoleum, though, but would you walk into the mausoleum, Alice? I mean, honestly, I would walk in there. I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to see my mom just close the door, and it's going to stay shut. I'm going to get scared <laughs> right after <laughs> No, what you're going to see is me, like, shoving you in and closing the door. Yeah, but now you got to remember, the door won't stay shut, so you, you're good. You won't be in there too long. No one will look. It's going to close. That could be true, but it's just kind of creepy to think about. It just won't stay closed, you know? But, all right, so another interesting urban legend in South Carolina that I hadn't heard about and it's odd that I hadn't heard about it because it's not very far from here. It was um, the Third Eye Man. Uh, um, that's crazy. I had never even heard of him. But the Third Eye Man was first spotted on the campus of the University of South Carolina, which is located in, in Columbia, South Carolina. On November the 12th, 1949, he was spotted by two students. They said he was dressed in bright silver and was opening a manhole cover. He climbed down in that hole, and then he closed the manhole cover, you know, back closed. So, six months after that sighting, a police officer that was making his rounds on the campus came across some mutilated chickens. He believed it was a prank by some students and walked to his car to report the incident. When he returned to the scene, he observed a man dressed in all silver, huddling over the chicken parts. The man looked up when the police officer turned his flashlight on him. The officer says that the man had a grotesque face, and right in the middle of his forehead was a third eye. Now, the officer called for backup, but when backup arrived, all that was to be found was a few chicken feathers and some bones. Many of the legends that have been passed around about the Third Eye Man claim that he lives in the steam tunnels under the university. Since then, they haven't seen the Third Eye Man, and um, the university denies his existence. But Alex, you know what I was thinking was, because it was mutilated chickens, I think that as far as the mutilated chickens go, that maybe it was a prank by some Clemson fans because of the rivalry between them and USC, and the the mascot for USC is a Gamecock, which is basically a chicken. So, that's just my theory. But, who knows? Somebody saw something, and somebody was wearing silver, and the silver, the all silver just makes me laugh anyway, because it makes me think of back in the probably late 80s and 90s, people wore those silver suits when they exercised to help them sweat more. So, that's immediately what I think of <laughs> when I read <laughs> read that he was like in all silver but anyway all right moving on so finally I, we can't talk about cryptids and urban legends without mentioning bigfoot 
over the years, there have been several sightings of him in South Carolina. And I can even remember when I was a little girl, someone said that they saw him in the woods near the Ennery River in the area that I live in. And Alice, you know, the Ennery River is that river that's just right down there by the Piggly Wiggly where we go grocery shopping. Yes, this man wanted to go get some breakfast. He wanted some bacon. He wanted some sausage. He wanted the whole shebang. He wanted everything. I'm sure. He, he was looking for breakfast and somebody disturbed him. Well, in 2013, a cryptid enthusiast says she had an encounter with a Bigfoot in the middle of the Oconee, uh, in the middle of the woods in Oconee County. Now, she was with her family investigating other sightings of him when a large hairy creature appeared from behind some brush. They uh, they stared at each other for a few seconds. Then the creature turned and, and he just walked away. Well, she described him as being seven foot tall and covered in red fur. Now, it's not a far stretch to believe that it's possible to find a Bigfoot in South Carolina. There's over 13 million acres of forest here, and that gives that creature the perfect habitat to call home. According to Bigfoot Field Research Organization, there have been 50 sightings across the state since 1964. In fact, there have been 11 documented sightings of him in the upstate. Now, I personally haven't seen one, but at this point in my life, it wouldn't surprise me at all if I did. But, now, at one time, I did record a young juvenile Bigfoot in our backyard. Alice, do you remember Yes. that time that we were just goofing off in the backyard and I recorded you walking across the backyard? Like, how that, that iconic video of Bigfoot? Yes, I remember this. I was a wee young lad and one day we were in the backyard. <laughs> I had a jacket on because it was really cold. And then I see my mom recording me. I was like, and I start walking like Bigfoot. <laughs> this is where we're at now. <laughs> I think I still have that video somewhere on my my Facebook page. I'll have to see if I can dig that out and embarrass you with it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't talk about Bigfoot in South Carolina without mentioning the life-size cutout of Bigfoot that someone placed along the James Island connector between downtown Charleston and Folly Beach last summer. Now, no one has claimed to do the They've not claimed responsibility for it. But it just goes to show that there's some artistic person out there with a good sense of humor. Now, whether you believe in any of these tales I told you today or not, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. That's all I have for today. Now, if you have any questions or episode ideas, comments, anything, just send me an email at mysterymurdermagic at gmail.com. And you can check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash 3M podcast.